Sheldon and I don't normally produce the podcast, as longtime listeners know, because it's sort of a running joke. But I know that Sheldon and I do not agree on this episode of the Challenge USA. I'm John Shidley Hill. And I am said Sheldon Alexander. This is very exciting because normally we are very simpatico. Um, off the hop, mm-hmm. um, they talk about how the Fab Five is done because Desi didn't go with Sarah's wishes, which I'm just going to say off the hop, that if the Fab Five was just designed to like cater to Sarah's needs, mm-hmm. problematic. Like that's not really an alliance. Correct. Uh, but at the same time, I believe it was longtime uh, listener Sarah Casellas who sent us uh, an article mm-hmm. where Cache was interviewed. And she said that the uh, Fab Five was never really a thing. They just like one day there, when we saw them, when they were on the boat and they had drinks and like they called themselves the Fab Five. Like it was just like a, like, you know how sometimes you make up a joke for like the day? It was like one of those. It wasn't a formalized alliance. It wasn't anything serious. It was just, uh, oh, look at us. It's five of us and we're fabulous. We're having mimosas. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a serious long-term thing, you know, like you You and I, we can tell that (laughs) how, because we watched the last episode (laughs) (laughs) and it was blatantly obvious that this was not a real thing because as we discussed, we were just watching how they were interacting during that last episode. And you could tell, just like this isn't a thing, right? Like, Sarah's I mean, Desi trying. and Justine were never in on their plans yeah. to begin with, really. It was really just Sarah and Kayla, right? Yeah, absolutely insane, absolutely insane. Yes, uh, comments, comments. Do I have any comments here? I do have some comments. Uh, this from the YouTube page again, like, and subscribe wherever you get the pod. Of course, send us your comments, rate us, review us, all that other fun stuff, wherever you happen to be listening and uh, got these comments on YouTube. Always great conversation over there. Here we go. It says just to add to the Leo thing. I will say that production seemed to have fun taking a piss at a Leo with his edit. So I actually see a situation where they chose not to protect him with the edit and make him look even worse. Also, John unpacking the professional athlete wife thing is hilarious. My stomach is hurting from how hard that made me laugh. Um, That's nice. Thank you. Another comment to that said, (laughs) just says, stop dry snitching. (laughs) 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 Which I found funny. That's pretty good. Um, Another comment. And while I hate how Sarah acted in the daily, I could understand her frustration with her alliance for not being smarter about making sure one of her ops and biggest threats, Angela, didn't lose. Even if they they wanted to win, it should still be a priority to make sure that at least one of the two girls they are not aligned with doesn't go in. Um, and Sarah's competitive pedigree comes from her being an athlete IRL. She does extreme marathon and I believe some MMA, not sure what else she does, but apparently backs it up everywhere else, but reality TV, LOL. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So shouts to anyone sending in comments. Really appreciate that. And as always, we're going to try to read those each and every week. So continue to send in your feedback because we want to hear from you want to read it i mean it's been 10 episodes into this season and i don't know how often we've disagreed on an episode i don't even know if we fully disagree on this episode because i just think you know what i said exactly time will tell um i will say though i wrote down the first thing i wrote down was benzo is dead (laughs) Um, not just a fab five was done but it appeared as if you know looking at this episode things were going to hit a snag right yeah and you could tell that because there's a lot of talk going on about who should go in what are the alliances and early on we get angela's theory of saving and if there's something i skipped ahead on you fully free to let me know, but Angela's theory of saving the best people that you want to be partnered with towards the final. I thought that was very interesting because it showed us a template of what was going to follow throughout this episode. And one thing we didn't get 
was Ben's honest thoughts against that. Because in the normal challenge, correct me if I'm wrong, we normally get both sides of this dynamic where you find out, okay, well, for the women, you're thinking, well, who am I going to be partnered with in said final? So I want to make sure all the strong people survive. But if you're looking at that viewpoint from the men's perspective and you're talking about the men, the men are thinking, let's get, let's keep the weaker people because I want to go against those weaker people in the final. But we never really got that said. We'll, we'll get there though. We'll get there. He we'll get there. said it once, like but it was under duress. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Um, what did you make? I need you to give me a full breakdown of this daily challenge. Because I'm not going to lie to you. Daily. I thought it was really good, but I, I, it was poorly explained. It was poorly explained. So uh, basically they have to go across a pegboard, which is sort of a standard CrossFit gym uh, accessory. Mm -hmm. There's two twists, however. The first is that's on the side of a moving truck. Classic challenge stuff. I guess as about three years ago, they're like, hey, you know, falling into water, that's old and busted. Being on the side of a moving vehicle, that's the new hotness. Yeah. Um, and the other twist is that before they go across, they have the opportunity on sort of like a scale model to place where they want six pegs to go. Mm-hmm. So like you're sort of expected to plan your route in advance. Um, a lot to unpack here. Tyson and David are the first two to go. And they both place all six of their advanced pegs, we'll call them, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, David definitely cribbing off of Tyson's sheet. But like... Can I ask you both, something? Yeah. Right away, before you even saw what they did, did you have a strategy going into I this? I did. I did. And it was sort of... People aren't going to believe me <laughs> because I've seen <laughs> this after I watched the outcome. But like, I mean, you and I were in gym class together. So like, mm-hmm. you could speak with authority on this. The thing like, I have always struggled with upper body strength. Okay. So whenever it came to like rope climbing, my thought was you gotta like secure the rope with your feet and then basically like inch up. And like with a pegboard, have like it's much easier to stand on a peg than it is to hold up your body weight with the Mm -hmm. peg so my thinking was yeah like try to guess how far like the maximum distance you can have the pegs apart yeah and have them to walk on because like one of the keys is you're disqualified if you fall off the track Mm -hmm. and like obviously disqualifying is a disaster yeah so at the very least like if you can just step, like take six steps on pegs and then just stand there and ride it out, mm-hmm. at least you're probably not going to be last. Totally. I totally agree with you. And I think a big part of that as well is realizing the strategy that you need right from the get-go and understanding what you said in terms of the body strength, upper body strength versus, you know, like having to, um, rely so heavily on the upper body strength is going to kill you on that, right? You're going to get tired. It's, it takes a different form of athlete, a different kind of athlete to be able to do that. So to maintain your balance in terms of walking across makes a whole lot of sense. But regardless of all that, you had a great idea. Angela had a great idea. Um, even Desi, shouts to Desi, who, you know, under the radar went the second furthest by a lot. But yeah, I felt bad for Tyson and for David, because having to go first in any challenge, right, mm-hmm. is such a difficult task when it's about strategy, because you are the guinea pig. And yep. I get that Tyson going first, people thought that he would do really well, because it seems like a, a thing that would be right up Tyson's alley, but he struggled. And I'm going to mention this a lot throughout this episode, but this made me really yearn for the real challenge. And the reason why is because in a situation like this, we would get so much more of a breakdown of the strategy aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like so much of the conversation of the rest of the teams or the rest of the contestants standing on the side and watching and critiquing and saying, no, you're not supposed to do that. They should do this. Or, oh, I see. Like you just get so much more of that banter or that chirping or that, you know, even teamwork 
you know, of someone trying to help or like tell the next person before they go, hey, do you see what that person did? You need to do that too, blah, 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 like whatever it is. But just that dynamic is such another layer that I, that made me yearn for the other challenge. I, it, again, I like this show. I appreciate what this show is, but knowing that it, this different world exists still pops up every once in a while. Do you, do you know what I mean? First of all, great use of the word yearn. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Second of all, one thing I oh, totally with what you said that like challenge veterans would be much more strategic. And also something I miss. But, but I'm not that, saying that it didn't happen. I'm just saying there's no, no. because it's an hour, you know, they yeah. don't show it. Right. Well, the other thing is that I miss about like older seasons of the challenge is it used to be like, I mean, as you know, Fresh Me Too is my favorite season. And it became a really big deal of whoever won the previous challenge mm -hmm. would get to determine who goes first on the next challenge. Good call. And Good call. that is a nice twist that would have, and like they said, like Tyson was pretty like salty that he had to go first and like everyone learned from him. But like it used to be a strategic element of the show that people, really were like oh shit i do not want to go first like if i could trick someone else to go in first like let them be the ones to learn the other thing that no one spoke about but like i just assumed was like a pegboard is hard uh because like eventually your muscles start to give out but yeah. what would be even tougher about doing a pegboard on the side of a truck is it's already shaking so yeah. you're like you're already making like adjustments and you see them like struggling to get the pegs in because the truck is moving <laughs> right yeah. like the oh yeah the hole is moving as they're trying to stick the peg in so like and i'm going to say this for the elimination too great concept for a challenge but like i'd like to have seen it with a different cast oh we'll get hold on we'll save the elimination talk because we, we will get there for sure that is a tease, as they call in the biz, kids, because I got a lot of thoughts about that elimination that, yeah, might take up this whole pod. So maybe I'll speed through a little bit of what, what else happened here, because I got a lot of thoughts on that. Um, yeah, so this elimination, yeah, as we mentioned, Tyson and them struggled. Kayla lasted like five seconds. Justine did okay. Kayla is almost like the female version of Enzo. In the oh. sense that like she does not do well in any challenge really. And, but is like the happy go lucky, like fun person in the house. I think that, yeah. you know, she's likable, likable personality obviously has like the gameplay. Wait, she is amazing race. Yeah. She's the last amazing race person. I was going to say she would do well on big brother. Like, I feel like she yeah. would do well on Big Brother, much like Enzo has done well on Big Brother, right? Because yeah. the games are a lot more their speed and um, they have a really good social game. Um, but yeah, she struggled in this. Ben was the first one to kind of have the right idea about using yeah. the pegs as like your walkway to get across. And he did pretty well, but still like that's a tough thing to do because you still have to rely a lot on your upper body strength to, as you said, move the pegs along. But the main event was again, the dynamic duo of Angela and Desi. Oh and my I'm God. They're both so great. Yeah. That's a squad. Last week, <laughs> I think Sarah commented on how I uh, mentioned the fab five and was I being sarcastic or not? I don't know if I was intentionally being sarcastic, but I mean, like, I guess I was, cause it's not really a fab. Like, come on. <laughs> like, what, what was There's not much that was that fabulous about that fab five by, you, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm yeah. So on the yeah. flip side, when I say dynamic duo, I mean the dynamic duo of Angela <laughs> and Desi. That is a squad. <laughs> okay. And they in this challenge, first off, I don't know if they discussed it ahead of time in terms of what the strategy would be, but Angela made that look easy. Right. And mind you, the way that it was shown to us, they went last. So you have the benefit of seeing everyone else go, see what works see what works best for you. But also we know Angela is a beast. Yeah. I felt like everyone anticipated her to do a really good job. And I felt bad for Desi in the sense that like, she was right there at the end as well. 
she just going against Angela, right? So she didn't really get the love or the hype that she probably would have if she was going against someone else. But those two went by far the furthest, no? Oh, absolutely. They crushed it. And like, we can say, oh, well, you know, they got to learn from everyone else. But sure, but the rest didn't really learn that much. Like Ben sort of started to figure it out. But like, aside from Tyson and David, no one, like, there was no one who like really like put themselves like, the very next people to go were, I want to, certainly Sarah, I forget who the other one was, maybe it was Kayla, mm-hmm. but they, they did nothing to like really improve upon the formula that Tyson and David did, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they were all sort of focused on making steps up exactly. rather than like Ben to his credit and like Ben was the winner of the men. He recognized there's no point in putting those advanced pegs in the first couple holes because you could reach them without even leaving the platform. So like, there's no problem getting those first two pegs in. So don't worry about that. You can handle it yourself, but like move it along. Yeah. So like, yes, Angela and Desi deserve all kinds of credit for doing so well, but like the rest of them sort of deserve no credit for not being (laughs) more creative and like advancing things better. You know, like it's, it's and like to again compare this to like OG challenge, regular challenge, um, challenge classic. <laughs> it's a different vibe where you have people like West, like Johnny, um, like Kara and Laurel who are always trying to think of, okay, how can I break this game? How can I uh, take advantage of a situation how can i think outside the box to beat this because like on almost every single one there is a wrinkle that you can really exploit and like it's clear that the advanced pegs were the key and really only angela and desi truly took advantage of it bended too to some extent yeah yeah i thought it it was very interesting and ben as you mentioned wins for the men Angela wins for the women, as mentioned. I really feel like they should have just done it differently this week and said that Desi and Angela were the two winners <laughs> because of how well they went. But hey, again, it's dynamic duo. Um, the men's loser was David. And yeah. I will say, I didn't even realize who actually did lose for the men. Like I was waiting for the announcement because I really wasn't sure. I wasn't, I don't think I was paying attention. Once it was established that everyone was doing poorly. It was kind of just like everyone was the same, right? I didn't really notice how good or bad the other dudes did. But what happens is this sets up one of the more interesting deliberations that we've had so far this season. And the deliberations have been more boring for the most part, I want to say. But this one, because first off, David comes in just blazing. He's like, whoever I'm going in against is going home but says he wants to go after Dom or Tyson. And I found that interesting because I didn't get the, the reasoning of the people in this house are still very weird to me. Right. So Dom, I'm thinking you would go against Dom because you think he's a weak competitor. Tyson is not a weak competitor, but you want to go after Tyson because he has a lot of money because you think that he's weaker. I get like physically weaker. So maybe if it's a physical challenge, you could take him. But just that dynamic of the two people that he wanted to go against were, I found that really strange. Listener Julia Lamana says, did anyone remember David was on this season? And then she had the crying, laughing faces, especially disrespectful. And I love it. Thank you, Julia. He was just as forgettable as in Big Brother, like zero airtime. L-M-A-O. I agree. Um, David is perhaps the blandest of any reality TV person, and I know we've had some hate for him in the past. And like, I want to say, I'm sure David is a fine person in regular life. I'm sure he's a good brother, uh, partner, son, you know, neighbor, you name it. He's just a very regular person. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, I don't want to see regular people on reality TV. You know what I mean? Like, I'm here for weirdos and, like, psychopaths and, like, whatever you want to describe Enzo or Leo as. I guess they're both weirdos. There's there's room to be in the middle, though, right? And, like, David just 
wasn't a part of this show for like four episodes, right? And that's just weird. However you want to slice it, whatever the reasoning is, because he's really nice or really normal. I don't know what the reasoning is, but like, but you could still be like, I don't think that, you know, Angela is abnormal. I don't think that Desi is abnormal. I don't think, do you know what I mean? Like they seem like normal people and they found ways to not disappear for like five episodes. So I don't know. I found it really strange that all of a sudden David was gone, but I mean, he comes back in trying to make, make calls. And I think the funny part that is lost on a lot of people clearly in this season is that you're giving your opinion on who should go in. You don't yeah. really get to decide who should go in, right? So it's cool. Has, has anyone gotten who they requested? Uh, Not off the I, top of my head. Well, most people also went to the most people also went the route of not saying who they wanted to go in right so we had yeah. a bunch of episodes like that but i also i had a thought about this whole conversation about enzo and dominic and tyson and david and who do you want to run a final with and the subtext here to me is that everyone in that house is scared of running the final so they're like, if you think about challenge classic, regular challenge, like you said, they're often thinking like, I want to go against shitty people. <laughs> like I want to go against people who can't run and like, sure, we might be paired together, but whatever, it's just one leg of the final. But these guys like Angela, who is dominant, she is clearly the best woman in the house. Yet she's still scared to have even a single moment of weakness, ignoring the fact that if they're rotating through, like, partners, Sarah and Desi will also get paired with David Lorenzo. And also, which brings us to another... But no, I'm, I'm with Angela there. I'm, I'm with Angela there still. Because I still think, like, you don't want to run that risk because it could be... It's not only having the weak partner in the final it's about when you get said weak partner so that could be like the double whammy you could get the weak partner just at the worst point as well and that could well, cost you we have another listener question which i'm just gonna say before i read it i love the entire premise of it so this is mona mona says if you and sheldon were women on the challenge i'm just gonna pause there for a second and let that sink in would you rather run a final with Enzo or David? Because to be honest, I think I prefer Enzo because I feel like David just hasn't done anything all season. And even on previous shows, he just never did well. Um, do you know what my actual answer would come down to? I don't remember David's swimming ability. Because I know, I know for a fact that swimming will be... oh. But I guess I don't know for a fact that swimming will be. I have to assume because you always assume that swimming is going to be in the final. I would assume that what if you had to guess off the top of your head, what 80%, 90% of the finals finales have included a swimming leg? Yeah. I mean, here's here's what we can assume. The, the finale is going to include swimming, mm-hmm. eating gross food. Mm-hmm. Running a lot and puzzles. Correct. So with that said, it comes down to, I mean, Enzo's strength at everything else. I think like Enzo's strength in this game, I think, is a social game. Yeah. And like old man strength in short bursts. Yeah. David's strength, I feel like David would be a good partner to have because he'd be a good listener. Like I feel like if you were egging him along, you know, or like telling him what to do in a puzzle or in a certain situation, he would be a good listener. Enzo, I think would be too, but I feel like Enzo, I mean, clearly they both would gas out as we'll get to, but I feel like Enzo, um, I feel like David in most situations would still be a better person to run the final with than Enzo. I feel like Enzo would gas out and like not be able to run up a hill. Whereas David, I feel like could, he probably just needs a motivation to do so. We're, we're not talking about something that I think we need to address. 
Okay. And that is, I feel like both Enzo and David might bring an intangible to eating gross food. Okay. And the question is, which one do you think would be better at eating gross food? Because like, probably Enzo, that, I think. But like, I mean, have I don't you seen that? He's a he's like a little precious about food. Like on Big Brother, mm-hmm. like there was the scene uh, on Big Brother All Stars where he was talking about how much he loves tea, and he has to have his tea like every day, which is great. Like I just love. Enzo as a person, like he's so quirky yeah. <laughs> and relatively harmless. But they, there's a scene where he like he doesn't know what a kettle is or how to use a kettle. He always just boils his water in like a, a pot and then mm-hmm. pours it into his tea mug. Yeah. Um, and I just I don't know that he's going to be so great at eating weird foods. But that said, I still would pick Enzo over David. Because I feel like Enzo is sneaky smart. Like, I feel like Enzo is a more intelligent person than David. And, like, he doesn't articulate himself well. Yeah. But he is smart. And we will see that in the elimination. But he is, like, he has a certain cunning to him that I feel would apply well to, like, if if you encouraged him to, like, game out a game. Like, in Big Brother... He actually won a lot of competitions that were puzzle-based. Like, they had, like, a chess-style game, Mm -hmm. which he won. It was, like, a key. It was, like, the final three, you know, like, who's going to be the final head of household. Like, he won that. Yeah, like, he has a gear in that respect that I don't think David has. I think David is more just not even a presence. He's just there, you know? Yeah. No, I totally get what you're saying. And I think one thing to remember as well that I found very interesting, and it's just what they showed us, but I felt like most of the women in the house also wanted Enzo up out of here. Yes. None of them seemed like they wanted Enzo in the house still. And I think that's very telling just based off the information that they have. Because I think they all don't have that information that you and also what we were talking about just in terms of what the challenge is the challenge finale is and how important puzzles are because puzzles are the great equalizer right so they that's why he's such a killer and so successful is that he's so good at puzzles that he might not be the fastest but he's like average but he can just skip ahead on a puzzle yeah so the the women in the house don't have that information but they clearly are on the side of getting enzo up out of here and the, the Ben-Angela dynamic was very interesting because we didn't get a lot of Sarah in this episode, but the Sarah like chirping from the bleachers of like just critiquing Ben's friendship or newly formed friendship with Angela was outstanding. But this Angela-Ben thing, let's break this down because to me, they're at a disagreement, right? Ben wants to put in Tyson or Dom, but really Tyson, he just doesn't want to say it because he knows it's not realistic. And Angela wants to put in Enzo. And they're at odds about this, right? Ben says that Enzo is a no-go for him. And Angela says that Tyson is a no-go for her. To me, the problem is Ben agreed to this whole alliance thing when he didn't have to agree to it. No. So now when Angela is just saying, hey, like the plan all along was a survivor guys. And the only guy left who's a big brother guy is Enzo. Mm-hmm. And that was a plan from the get go. So Ben had to understand that at some point he'd have to put in his buddy. Like, I don't understand. And, and then to get mad at Angela when she and everyone else set the boundaries from the jump. Now he doesn't want her to send in her friend Enzo or his friend Enzo, and really, it's just because he doesn't, like, let me ask you this. Is it because he doesn't really want to go against Tyson and that's why he thinks throwing in Tyson is a better move? No, I don't think so. And this deliberation is where he says, I want, like, I'd rather, it's sort of like a half-hearted argument, but he says, oh, I'd rather go against people who are less strong. Oh, but, okay. But, like, he says it once, and, like, it should be, to your point, if he was serious about that, that would be his lead argument. He just doesn't want to betray Enzo. Yeah. 
and like he's committed to this and like it's interesting how wrong-headed they all are like when david and enzo are also friends and when angela tells david that yeah we're sending in enzo david gets very upset he's so mad but he's so mad but also he's like it's it's a survivor's game now like as in the series the show <laughs> survivors running the house my guy where have you been <laughs> like have you not been paying attention first of all the show-based alliances sincerely ended like three episodes ago mm-hmm. right like that out the window as soon as tyson turned on sarah Two survivor people and Ben, essentially, although Ben's somehow now backing him again, mm-hmm. essentially. Like, that's out the window. Like, people aren't like, oh, let's get those amazing race people. There's only one amazing race person. There's only one Love Island person. Like, what, 75% of the house is survivor people now? Like, get with the times. Like, catch up, David. Like, we'd love to see you, what's happening, like, right now. And then I, you're totally right about what you had to say with, about Ben, that Ben is, uh, he committed to an alliance that was never going to serve him as well as he thought it was. And he's sort of doing the most work uh, for Angela. But Angela says it herself when she's in the process of winning the daily, Tyson did really badly. He's my number one. I have to protect Tyson. So, like, Ben, you're putting in all this work for an alliance where you're not the number one guy. And, like, I don't like Sarah. I think I've been clear about that. But from Ben's perspective, at least Ben was her number one. Mm -hmm. No, that's fair. It's totally fair. And I just think he had unrealistic expectations because there's no way that Angela was going to put in Tyson. So then it becomes, what? why are you even making an, an argument about this? if he shifted his focus and said, Hey, well, okay, then let's compromise and throw in Dom. Right. Like if you, if you really, really, really want to save Enzo so bad, then you have to hold court with the rest of your Alliance, meaning Tyson and David or yeah, Tyson and um, uh, Danny, sorry. Right. If he really was so serious about saving Enzo and he really, you know, this was about, you know, everything that he's saying, and it's not about Tyson, go to the rest of the Alliance, sit down with Angela and Danny and Tyson and say, hey, I think Enzo's more valuable to us long-term. I know we had this whole survivor thing and that's cool, but I really think that we should save Enzo and throw in, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Dom. Dom. Dom's They're not going to go for it. Yeah. But he, but that just told me that that Ben just wasn't really. He's playing this game with his heart, mm-hmm. and from what we've learned, because wasn't the story he gave up the money to give Sarah a chance to win? Is that was it? Yeah. What it was? Or, yeah. I know people wrote in to tell us it wasn't really just that, and there was more to it than that. But I'm saying, as I'm watching all this, this plays out as someone who's plays emotionally, and I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm not saying that's bad. I like that you stand on your word, you stand on your friends, and and I get that. Someone who you're calling your friend, I get that. I understand all that. I'm just saying, from a gameplay standpoint, he did not do a very good job in this episode because he just created unneeded drama within his alliance. That was the 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 rules of engagement were already set. And now you put dissension in there that next time something comes up, someone else can look at it and say, hey, well, you know, when they're when they're starting to look around as the numbers dwindle or if you have to make a choice in the in the final, you know, who's going to be the last one picked? Because I'm not going to be sure that if I'm Danny, I'm not going to be sure that Ben has my best interests at heart over Enzo. Right. So that's a part that's that is not good. But the other part I want to bring up to you. I like what Angela did in telling David and wanting to tell Enzo and not having them be blindsided, having them know that they're going in and have them get ready. I give her credit for that. And yeah, I really like Angela. Like I don't, she's not the most entertaining person. She is not the warmest person. Mm -hmm. She's very good at playing this game. I'd say she's the best player in the game. I think she's better than Tyson. 
Agreed. She's better politically. She's just as competitive in terms of the competitions. I expect she's going to win this. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, I like the way that she handled her business. And also, people that listen to this pod know, I like people that stand on their actions. Like, yes, I'm putting you in and I'm telling you that I'm putting you in. And if you want to talk about it, cool, we could talk about it. But this is what's happening. I'm not hiding behind the decision. I'm not hiding behind any of it. And, you know, you mentioned David getting mad. Enzo also gets mad and he starts, he's calling Tyson Jesus and saying he's already won a million dollars and how Enzo's already been in twice. And Enzo's going on and on with this rant. And I just like, you're making yourself look even more whack. Right. Like, just take it. This was a decision that's made your boy, Ben, who you thought was your boy. He rolled with the, the numbers in the alliance, and I'm not going to knock him for that. And honestly, if you're Enzo, neither should you, because this whole narrative about like, oh, that's my boy. And I don't want to go in against this person. And I don't want to go in against that person. There's only like how many options you're going to have to go in against, quote unquote, your boy at one point or the other, especially when you're at the bottom of the totem pole. And Enzo, guess what? You're at the bottom of the totem pole. Also, if Ben and Enzo really were boys, how come they haven't been having like actual, real, serious gameplay conversations? Maybe they have. We just don't see them. It's possible. Maybe. I'm just saying, like, but Ben's alliance with Angela... And like oh, the other survivor guy. Like, why clearly, is Enzo not in it? Yeah, if they're so tight, or like, why isn't he like, yeah, like Enzo, I'm pushing your best interests because I'm going to like pull the plug on these guys at like a crucial moment. And also, like, I know I just finished making the point that like Ben's dumb because Tyson is clearly, uh, Tyson is clearly Angela's number one male alliance member. Mm-hmm. Alyssa clearly is more important to Angela than Ben. Yep. I'd argue Danny and perhaps Dominic are more important than uh, Ben. It's like uh, Amber B and the Big Brother Alliance, mm-hmm. where she kept riding or dying for them. And we're like, you're number five in an alliance of four. <laughs> like, <laughs> how do you think this is going to play out for you? And like, Ben's in the same position. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't like Sarah, but at least Sarah had it. His part like made him more of a priority, and presumably Enzo would have too if he was more like had moved Enzo in and like yeah, Enzo doesn't bring a lot to the table. I can allow that, but and Angela wasn't pulling punches, right? Angela was saying to David like you know, and in her confessionals, which I thought were just on fuego fire as well. But I just found it so weird how mad Enzo was getting. And she's willing to stand in front of you and tell you, hey, Enzo, like, this is just what's going on. This is what it is. I wanted to tell you that you're going in. These are just where the numbers lie. We're putting you in against David. It's like, oh, and you're putting me in against my boy. Like, when do you think that you get to call shots in in this scenario? Like, that's a part that made no sense to me. And whine and complain about going in. Then David, he has his own little outburst. And he's like, you know, oh, I'm just mad right now. And then we get scenes from Alyssa. We get scenes from Desi, right? Where they're all saying, I don't want to run a final with Enzo either. So everyone agrees with this plan. Yeah, Angela is putting in the work. She gets to make the decisions. And I agree with with Angela's confessional. I wrote this as my line of the episode where David storms off and she says, this is not the David movie. We're playing a game (laughs) Right? Like, she's like, this is not the David movie. We're playing a game here. You don't get to decide who you're going against. And if you wanted to do that, then win a challenge. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, super facts line of the episode, maybe line of the season from Angela. Cause I'm sitting there just like, yo, these dudes are just whining and complaining about anything. And it's like, you all had the chance to win as well. And you know what? You lost. And especially David, you came in last. So you have no say. You don't get to complain about anything here. You came in last. That's how this works. I did want to. I did want to point out, and then we should talk about the elimination. But Enzo, I agree. Enzo's histrionics were pretty over the top. Mm-hmm. But I would take a fired-up Enzo over David, because like so- David seemed defeated, whereas Enzo was. 
at least mad and like intense and fired up and like that makes a difference you know like mentality makes a difference mindset makes a difference yeah let, let's get to this elimination because sure. balls in well well this is like hall brawl like if hall brawl is one of the you know eliminations that we're we're used to that we love from our challenge our normal challenge days you know what i mean then mm. this has to be close to right we call it the american gladiators what was it called powerball i think it was called powerball yeah right this one and then the other one where you have like the the ring and you got to pull the ring like those are mm. the normal challenge eliminations that we have come to love from watching yeah. seasons upon seasons upon seasons of the challenge classic. So, classic so when i see this staple of an elimination i'm fired up i'm excited and i gotta say right off the bat this was one of the worst performances by two dudes in an elimination that i have ever seen in the history of the challenge that was embarrassing that was such a terrible performance. And I wonder what people who watch this, who aren't used to the normal challenge, I wonder what they thought watching this. Because I know if you watch the normal challenge, you got to feel like I felt watching this just like, what is this? And it kept getting worse and worse and worse to the point where I never want to see someone just quit and give up. But I thought Enzo was gonna was quitting his first go round where he was on oh. offense, right? I thought he was just quitting there because he didn't even make a move, <laughs> and he just kind of like went backwards. And, get, and I was like, okay, if you just quit, I'd be okay with that because this is horrible. Am I way off here? Oh no, it was so boring. It was incredibly boring, and TJ was trying so hard to like keep the pace up and keep the energy up. And they were just like, they weren't even talking. They were so gassed. And like, I honestly thought David was going to give up sooner. I mean, he didn't really give up. He sort of gave up. But like, he looked dead. He looked so dead. I didn't even understand his strategy, though. Right? Like, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me. Like, even if you were dead tired and you were exhausted, then when you're on offense and you have the ball, rest. Yeah. Because clearly neither of these guys have ever watched the actual challenge or, dare I say, ever watched American Gladiators to understand how this thing actually works, right? You got to run around, make the guy chase you, make a deke. Or, yeah. like, what the normal thing I write down is, because at the very beginning of this, Right at the very beginning of this, Danny says, this is about whoever puts their friendship to the side. And really what he's saying is what I like to say all the time about these challenges is who wants the smoke. The problem is neither of these dudes wanted the smoke. And that's what I, made this so pathetic. I'm going to, I am going to stop you right there. I think Enzo wanted the smoke, but was strategic about it. I think mm -hmm. Enzo recognized that he was never going to be faster than David. And I think Enzo's entire strategy was, I'm going to tire this guy out because I am stronger. I got that old man strength. I'm just going to wear him out. And like he said, like, I, like I'm not going to let him score in that first round. Like, that is yeah. paramount. And you can see it. He tried much harder on defense. Mm -hmm. And... His it was clearly like I just have to like stay in it for the first couple rounds and I will gas out David. And it was not good television, but it was at least a strategy and he played to his strengths. And further to your point though, Enzo on that first go on defense, he slammed him to the ground pretty hard. And I yeah. think because we both played contact sports at some point of our lives, so you know the person who gets hit. And then they want no part of it again. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to David. I was so confused. I've never, ever, ever, like my guy tried to take like a Steph Curry shot. And yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this can't be and, real. I was and stunned. Did, and didn't even chase the ball. No. Like he didn't like he know totally the move. It was the weirdest thing ever to me. And I, I, I want to give a shout out to the editors because they really tried to make this look as good as they possibly could. Like, you know, that old Dave Chappelle skit about everything looks better in slow motion. 
I mean, this wasn't slow motion, but it was not in slow motion. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like some of the moves or some of the like, you know, drama of like reaching for the ball, they like made it seem that much better putting it in slow motion when really nothing was happening. Like my guy took a jump shot and they like did the slow-mo like Carlton Banks looking at the ball, you know, that shot from the high school game where he steals the ball from Will. That's what David looked like. He looked like Carlton shooting the half court shot. And it missed by so much. And then, as you said, didn't chase the ball. Like, do you guys not know the rules? You not understand how this works? And TJ, poor TJ's there yelling, well, the ball's still in play. The ball's still in play. Someone get the ball. And I was just really, really, really confused. Almost to the point where I wish. And this would only really happen on old school challenge. That TJ would have stopped it. And he would have said, guys. What are we doing here? This is supposed to be a contact elimination. You guys got to give more here. Like what we got to like, what is this? This is not how this is done. And mm-hmm. they would have kept going. So this is, I, I need the people who shouts to my guy, C Brown. I work with, he said the other day, he's like, Hey, I've been watching your show, the challenge. And he never really watched the challenge, but he watches all of, you know, the big brothers and survivors and all that. And he's like, Oh, so, so I know all these people. So I've been watching it. I want to know what all those people thought of this elimination because this was a horrible representation of what the challenge is and i urge people to go to youtube and search challenge elimination so they can see what this was actually going to be and and i i'm gonna ask you this john i'm gonna ask you this and i'm gonna ask the people as well all of our listeners was this really 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 that bad or do we just not give enough credit to the actual challenge competitors who come in in shape and like are just like physical beasts. Like I know Bill Simmons made the joke about the challenge being North America's fifth major professional sport, but like, which one is it? Were these guys really, really, really that bad? Or do we just not give, you know, the CTs, the Johnny Bananas, the Wesses, the Hunters, the, you know, Corey, Nelson, like all these people, the Kyles, like even guys that we don't think are like, the top, top, top tier, but they would have put on a way better show in this elimination than these guys did. I think it is one of the big differences between the Challenge USA and regular Challenge, Mm -hmm. where the people on the regular Challenge, they train basically Mm year-round. There have been jokes and rumors that some of them are on uh, steroid cycles. (laughs) They train for this and put it another way mm-hmm. the only person who uh, i should say the only man currently in the challenge usa house who i would want to see this do this would be danny i don't want to watch john do this i don't want to watch tyson do this Yo, none of us are going to be good at it i have a question for you and i was thinking about this as what my producer had on do you mm-hmm. think that they were ducking certain eliminations for danny because it just wouldn't be fair. Like you couldn't yeah. do D- hall brawl with Danny and you couldn't do this elimination with Danny either. Right. Like there's no way yeah. you'd have to duck that because it's like, there's, it's just not fair. Yeah. If it's normal challenge. Cool. Like we know that um, what's his name. Uh, Zach was a football player, right. Um, Fessy is a football player. We know like these dudes played college, like D one college football. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, a high level of contact sports and they can go into an elimination against anyone on that season of the challenge in this season of the challenge. You cannot put Danny against like any of these people in a contact elimination. Right. So, okay. I was just wondering that if you know there, and how do we feel about that at the same time? Right. Like as viewers, cause I get it. I think it speaks to why, the challenge is the challenge mm-hmm. and the challenge USA is on CBS. Okay. Right. Like it is a different, I don't want to say quality, but it's a different kind of competitor. That it's a different on. game, different show. Yeah. And like put it another way. Uh, I mean, maybe this is a conversation for next week when they have the season finale, but put it another way who from this season of the challenge USA, would you want to see on our regular season of the challenge, there's only three names that are really coming to my mind. Mm-hmm. Tyson, Angela, mm-hmm. and Danny. 
I think Sarah could hold her own. I think Sarah could do okay. I don't think she'd be one of the best women in the she house, but win. I think she would, no, but I think she'd do I think she could hold her own, right? Maybe, maybe Alyssa. I feel like maybe Alyssa. I think would Alyssa would do well. I think Desi would do well. Like if you if you think about no, 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 but okay, here's the thing though. Some of sometimes if you go like the challenge isn't all about like Ashley is scrappy. That's what makes Ashley really good. Ashley is not like a physical, like strong competitor, right? Like it's not all Laurel and it's not all um, Jenny. It's not mm-hmm. all Emily's. Do you know what I mean? Like the challenge house is is an eclectic mix. And I think the other way to think about it too was I was thinking of what normal challengers could have gone into that elimination against Enzo like could how would Josh have done? Would Josh have won easily? Do you know what I mean? I feel like Josh like, would have won. You know what I mean? I feel like, like Josh would be Enzo. But think about that statement, right? Like anytime Josh is in anything, we're just like, oh, okay, this is gonna be terrible. But put it Josh another way, like we can call up the last cast of like the regular challenge, mm-hmm. not a challenge all stars, but like a regular one. Yeah, and I feel like ninety percent of the cast would have had little trouble with either Enzo or Dave. So then my my next question to you, what do you make of Enzo's celebration on the way out? Uh, It was perhaps a little too much. (laughs) I mean, I mean, let's put it this way. We really got on, was it? Yeah, Sarah, who did like the throat slashing. Mm -hmm. He didn't do throat slashing. But, like, it was too much. And, like, the, the only thing that, like, made it better was, you know, he says, like, are you scared? I'm back in, yo. I can't, and then he goes, I can't believe I just won. Like, that, <laughs> that balance yeah. made it better. And then, like, so this is my line of the episode. Mm-hmm. Is TJ congratulates him. And he goes, it's a good thing you're good at eliminations because the challenges not so much. That's <laughs> the TJ goes, I'm here for. And, and Enzo goes, I'm a night guy. <laughs> and like, but like, he was kidding. Like, he was making a joke about it. Yeah. And like, the fact, like, absolutely, like, when he came out the gate, like, real hot, shouting at people, I think it was Danny who sort of, like, took a step back and looked. He was like, who's he talking to? <laughs> well, that's what I was laughing at, right? Because, like, that would have been my backup line of the episode because Danny's like, or not Danny, Enzo is yelling at everyone. He's like, are you scared, yo? Are you scared? I'm back in there, yo. I'm back in there. And it cuts up, and Danny and Tyson are kind of looking at each other laughing because both Danny and Tyson probably think they could have just wiped the floor with them in this yeah. especially yeah. Danny for obvious reason. And then Danny just so humble. He's like, wait, who are we talking to though? Right. <laughs> and he didn't say it in like the mean way that he could have no. said it and totally he, been whelped in his you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> fair enough. But I mean, like he could have said it in such a mean way and would have been well within his rights to be like, wait, who's this guy talking to? Like, he can't possibly be talking to me, like former NFL player. Like, I'm not scared of you by any stretch. But he he said it in like the nicest way possible that he was yeah. actually confused. Like, wait, who is he talking to? Like, I, I don't get it. What's, what's happening right now? <laughs> but it's just factually correct. And I love it. <laughs> And then his whole, I'm, I'm going in, I'm taking piggy banks, I'm taking checks, I'm taking pesos. I'm t-, and it's like, okay, Enzo, I get it. That was funny. Have your moment. Have your moment, Enzo. Have your I, moment. But like, there's, I do think there's a line between being like pumped up and saying, like, I'm coming for people's piggy banks and then like the throat slashing gesture. You know what totally, I mean? Like, totally. You can be feeling yourself and you can be, which is different than threatening people physically. For sure. A I'm, tough question, Shelly. No, I'm just more, hold on, hold on. I'm just more, my whole reaction is more based off how terrible that performance was. Like, oh, I so feel bad. like if I won in that way, I would just, you know, be very humble and take the, oh, you know, thank you. You know, I feel bad. Well, he did, he did temper it. with some humility when he started to be like, I can't believe I won. True. I'm a nice guy. Like, there true, was... true. You're right. You're right. I'm being too hard on them. I'm being too hard on them. You're right. But this is a tough question for you, Shelly. Who killed it this week? Oh, no, this is easy. It's not hard at all. It's Angela. Angela just laid her claim that this is my house. 
Angela dominated that daily challenge. And yes, was she aided by going last? I'm sure. I'm sure she was. But all we know is that even if she didn't go last, I have a very good feeling that if we were making Vegas odds on who would do well in said challenge, she would have been listed as one of the favorites. And what did she do? She delivered for not only herself, before her alliance. Then on top of that, dissension was about to come up it within her alliance with Ben. She held her ground. She told Ben how it is, got Ben to change his mind and put in his friend Enzo, right? She rallied the troops back and the way that she did it, it's what I love about the challenge. You go about your business and you stand on it. She didn't try to hide behind anything. She said, nope, let's go tell these guys we're putting them in and this is why we're putting them in. And I rep it. I rate it. She is the boss of the house. She laid claim. This is my game to lose. She killed it in this episode and has been killing it this whole season. Angela, you're the MVP. So everything you said is true. I can't disagree. But I am a contrarian by nature. Fair. So my MVP is Enzo. And I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. First of all, he has won three eliminations in his rookie season, the age of 44. Every criticism of him is correct. What TJ said is correct. He is not good at the daily challenges. He is not a good swimmer. He, his social game has been to be funny, yeah. but not too funny. That's all he's done. Yeah. All those criticisms are valid. But in previous seasons of the challenge, we have rightly praised rookies who win three or more eliminations. Fair. Say what you will about Enzo. You don't win three eliminations by a fluke. True. And as I said when we were discussing the elimination against David, he Enzo had a strategy. He played to his strengths. He analyzed his opponent, even though he and David were friends, and he's like, how can I beat this younger person? Probably, I don't want to say more athletic, but like certainly younger. How can I achieve my goals and win? And he did it. Mm -hmm. Right? And like, again, all those other criticisms of, of him are valid. But the fact that like in previous years, we have heaped praise on people that can win three eliminations. Like when Tori won in her rookie season, three eliminations, you know, we talk about kill a cam. Mm -hmm. And so gets it done. It's, it's totally fair. You can only compete against who's in front of you. You can only compete on the show that you're on and you're right. And he does the rules it. of the game. Enzo has put in work. One thing I feel like because of everything else that happened, David kind of got a pass here. Yeah. Cause that is a very pathetic performance by David. Yeah. And it, it was super bad. Mm -hmm. I didn't go as hard on him as like while I was watching the episode, how disgusted I was because midway through, I was really confused because I went from thinking Enzo was about to quit to, oh, wait, what is David doing? And even Alyssa was like, why doesn't he just go get the ball? It was just really a weird performance from David. And I don't know if it was because, you know, yesterday, once a week, we go and do our beach workouts and I like, yeah. <laughs> I almost threw up. Like, you know, when you're just like going too hard and then you, you get kind of delusional and you're like, wait, what's mm. happening? Right? I don't know if David was at that point to where he just, his body was just like shutting down. And he didn't know what was happening, but it's the only logical excuse for the Steph Curry half court shots and then not even chasing the ball down or but, not even chasing Enzo's ball when Enzo knocked his ball away. Like it was just weird, but David, but you, you know, you had a horrible performance, bro. Fatigue makes cowards of us all and fatigue affects your thinking. And you can see that early on within the, within the second round, you could see David was not thinking sharply. Yeah. To your yeah, point, well like, well Enzo's ball was loose and David was still like playing the man, like mm -hmm. even though he had a positioning. So again, it seems like Enzo had a plan and he stuck to it. Yeah. And it worked. Well played. He's, well played. He's moving forward. It seems like he's going to see the final. Will he win? Almost definitely not. <laughs> but, but did he get there? Yes. And that puts him ahead of a lot of people. Fair.
Totally. Where can our listeners and our viewers find you on social media? You can find us on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And you can like and subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcasts. Um, rate us, review us, all that other fun stuff. Send in your comments and questions. We love to answer those. Uh, like us, bless us with the like. If you're watching this on the YouTube page, bless us with the like. If you happen to be watching this on the Twitch page, which is up now on Twitch, on On Blast Podcast, I'm pretty sure that's what the Twitch channel is. But if you happen to, to come by us there as well, bless us with the like, bless us with something. You know, that's how you support the pod. Just a like, it's a click. It takes two seconds. No biggie, right? No big deal. How you Costs doing, do nothing but time and not that much time too. Where can the people find you, my dude? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jshidleyhill. Um, I like to give people a preview of what I'm writing so they so they know, so they can expect, they can temper their expectations. <laughs> Going to be reporting on lacrosse today. Okay. And then next week, so like leading up to the finale, I'm covering the Toronto Blue Jays. So Ooh. if you're a baseball fan, Especially if you're a fan of the American League. The American League East. The Blue Jays are in the hunt. And I'll be right there. So stay tuned. Until next week, this is You Killed It. You Killed It.